welcome back here on Coast Access Radio. Oh, I saw a word, actually, Gail, I'm starting on a tangent. You're looking at me with your eyes wide open. Where's she going with this? I saw on Te Wiki o Te Reo Māori on TV, um, oh, the word for hungry, hiakai? I think it's hiakai, H-I-A-K-A-I. Oh, okay. So instead of saying, uh, I'm hungry... I'm here, Kai. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I just right. threw that in because okay, I saw on it you. on TV oh, the other good day. Good on you. Well, kia ora to you too. Every yeah. time your show comes on, I hear that beginning music and I start salivating like a dog. <laughs> 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 so we should let listeners know you are on At The Table with Gail. It's on every Saturday with our lovely Gail Hall. Can you hear a dog in the background? That's community radio for you. <laughs> We're going to start off with Tamarillo Upside Down Cake. Yes, well, I just mentioned to Tanya, I said, look, I'm sure I saw tamarillos on the supermarket shelves. It was an illusion, but, you know, they're so beautiful and rich in that maroon colour. I'm, I'm sure I passed them uh, on, you know, when I was doing my shopping and I thought, hmm, tamarillos are in, but maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was thinking of something else. Maybe it was plums. I don't know. But anyway, I saw this recipe and it looks so rich and I'm going to hold it up now and show it to Tanya. Oh, it's nice to be able to see the pictures again. Absolutely beautiful and rich, really nice to put on a table with a white tablecloth it would look really good as long as you don't drop it no that's that would be a disaster (laughs) so we've got tamarillo upside down cake now we're starting off with 50 grams of butter a half a cup of brown sugar five tamarillos peeled and sliced and once upon a time they were called tree tomatoes yeah that's what mum used to call them when i was a kid yeah Tree tomatoes, but now we've um, we've come up with the tamarillos. 150 grams of butter again, one cup of lightly packed brown sugar, three eggs, one cup of self-raising flour, a third of a cup of desiccated coconut, one teaspoon of mixed spice, one teaspoon of ground cinnamon, and of course, whipped cream to serve. And this will be delicious with this cake. So... What we're doing is we're preheating the oven to 180 degrees. Line a 22 centimetre springform cake tin with baking paper. And I think that's about the regular size that we do use for our cakes. Melt the first measure of butter and sugar together and pour into the tin. So um, it's sort of going to create a, a syrup, we hope. And then cover with tamarillos in a circular pattern to make it look pretty. So you're actually, um, you know, I suppose peeling the tamarillos is quite easy with a a paring knife. You know, I think just get in there with a paring knife and and cut the skin off that and uh, make the beautiful slices because it's got all those sort of seedy things in the middle, hasn't it? So you're doing that, making a lovely pattern. Beat the second measure of butter and sugar together until pale and creamy. Now add the eggs one at a time, beating after each addition so that it's really, really blended in. So uh, don't pop them in all at once. Just make sure that they blend in one by one. Stir in the combined flour, coconut and spices and spoon the cake batter carefully over the tamarillos. Now you're baking it in the oven for 40 minutes until the cake tests cooked when a skewer insert comes out clean. So it might be a bit tricky with the tamarillos in there. Just make sure that the, the cake is actually cooked. Now leave to rest for five minutes or more and then invert. Undo your, um, if your loose bottom cake tin is like mine, you've got a little wee, um, 
clip on the side. A pingy so, thing. Yeah, a pingy thing so that you can actually <laughs> open it up and it just leaves you with the with the base and your uh, product, the, the cake. So you can leave it a little bit longer and then uh, tip it up like I do, invert it on a plate. But, of course, you want to bring it back because it's got the Tamarillo prettiness on the um, – well, it's actually when you invert it, it probably – it has got that. So that's right, I'm thinking wrong because um, we've covered it with batter and the the tamarillos are actually on the bottom. So if you invert mm. it, that's where it stays. And, um, yeah, put on a serving plate and, and serve with whipped cream. Absolutely lovely. People used to make upside-down cakes a lot, it seemed, in the 70s and 80s with the um, pineapple rings and then the little cherries Cherry in, in the, the middle. middle. That's right. Yeah, upside-down pineapple rings cake with cherries. Yes, I remember that one. So this was a little bit different. And I love it because it looks so rich in the colour and it looked be a nice, entertaining, you know, cake. Oh, I reckon, yep. yeah, that'll be lovely for after a meal of, say, lamb shanks or something and that freshness mm. of the tamarillo with your coffee. And I coffee. can just see in the illustration, Tanya, that, that you know, the sugar and the, uh, the brown sugar and the butter that we put on, you know, on the top of the baking paper, I can just see in the illustration where it's sort of crusted around yeah. the tamarillo so that sort of makes it that nice sort of crunchy sweetness on the bottom. So, yeah, good one to try um, when the tamarillos are, are running hot. You have to go and look at the supermarket. Gail thinks she's seen a mirage now. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon they will be in there. Yeah, I think they will be. I'm not sure. Somebody may know when the tamarillo season is, but all those fruits are sort of starting to come out now. Mm, I know. Lovely. Look good on the fruit bowl too. Yeah, lovely. Icing variations. When you sent this through at first, I thought, oh, icing variations. Yeah, I like eating icing out of a bowl, but oh, school holidays. (laughs) Right. Well, if you are baking in the school holidays and get the kids to ice the cake, they love it. And, um, you know, and it doesn't take too much supervision. So I thought, well, I'd put in some icings um, for that reason and let them go for it. And, you know, they love decorating it with little bits and pieces. You might have some sprinkles in your cupboard or chopped up pineapple chunks, anything like that. And I just, you know, think it's a, a good little job and it's not dangerous. <laughs> so I saw, I saw the milk icing because we don't often make icing with Milk. No. And, of course, you've got to remember sometimes, too, if you're making icing with milk, I'm not sure about the longevity of the of the actual icing with the milk in it. But, I mean, if it's a nice cake, it's not going to last long anyway. But um, I think with the milk in it, um, I'm not sure about it lasting, you know, quite long. But it's been boiled, so that might make a difference. So all you're doing is making uh, having one cup of icing sugar and two dessert spoons of butter and two tablespoons of milk, and boil that for three minutes. So just watch that. That's probably the tricky part. And beat until thick, then spread on the cake. So um, when I say beat until thick, it might be okay with a whisk or, um, you know, it mightn't take much beating at all. But if you've got a hand beater, I think that will do fine because I don't think it's going to be, you know, too much. I don't think you have to stand there and beat it for... For three minutes, it'll get too thick. So that's our milk icing. Now, I looked at this because, you know, we've we've made, um, we've had recipes recently for chocolate cakes. So I thought chocolate icing is another good one. So 50 grams of butter, two tablespoons of cocoa, two cups of icing sugar, a quarter of a cup of hot water, 
Now, I thought this was different because I haven't done this before, but a half a cup of milk powder and vanilla or almond essence um, for the flavouring. So bring butter, water and cocoa to the boil and beat in the milk powder, icing sugar and essence, and that's whatever essence you want. So uh, I'm not sure what effect the milk powder will have on this, but anyway, do the same sort of thing. Beat it in with a whisk or with a knife or something like that, or get out a, a hand beater and go for it. And I think that'll be a nice smooth one over uh, a chocolate cake. And of course, if you're using icing sugar, which we are, um, it might pay you to you know use a sieve because we know that when it stands in the in the jars in your cupboard or or whatever, it tends to get quite lumpy. You know, it's just the nature of the sugar. I think it's the moisture gets in a little bit. Well, maybe, maybe that, but it's the nature of the sugar that mm. quite often it has those lumps and you've got to sort of press them through the through the sieve. And uh, and if you don't, well, you might end up crunching into a, a little bit of coated chocolate um, icing over a lump of icing sugar. Yeah. But it's not that it's not tasty, it is, but it, it doesn't look attractive when you see a cake with all the lumpy bits over the top. <laughs> so just remember that if you've got a sieve um, or make sure you're pressing out those lumps with a, the back of a spoon or something like that. Now the third one I've got here um, is nice and it could be yummy with ice cream, which I'm sure you're managing to have over the school holiday break. One tablespoon of golden syrup two tablespoons of brown sugar, one ounce of butter, or oh, one ounce, 25 grams I think that would be of butter, one rounded teaspoon of custard powder, mm. and a quarter of a pint, which I think I worked out. Did I tell you in your my, um, email, Tanya? You said 150 mils of That's cold right, water. That's right, 150 mils. I should have put that on my thing. In fact, I'll write it right now because I looked that up and uh, this recipe, as you realise, might be um, quite old. Yeah. So, yeah, it's an old recipe, so they're using the pints. But uh, 150 um, mils of cold water. Now, you're bringing it to the boil again and simmer for three minutes this is so yummy, it says. It really is lovely. So you've got um, your golden syrup, your brown sugar, your butter, and the custard powder is a different mm. addition for me for butterscotch sauce, and um, your water. And just not over ice cream. Maybe you could have it over a hot cooked pudding or something like that. You could have it then. Um Oh, I don't know, maybe over a plain biscuit, you know, dip it and spread it on, I, I think. I was even thinking stale old cake, stick it in the microwave for a couple of seconds to warm it up, put some butterscotch sauce on. And eat on. it straight away. Mm, yeah, no, yum. exactly right. Yeah, no, so that's our, our three um, icing variations. And, of course, there's heaps of um, icing very variations that you can do depending on what type of cakes you're making. You know, like we can use cream cheese, you oh, know, yum. which is lovely on carrot cake and mm. that, and ganache, which is, you know, sort of more fancier cakes and things like that. So there are lots of variations, but these are nice sort of simple to follow ones. Well, since you're on a bit of a roll there, have you thought of a song? I was thinking of sweet songs, but uh, I don't know. Oh, uh, Tamarillo? If you got a Tamarillo song, come on. Amarillo. Hey, hey, that's ringing a bell. Is that that Tom Jones song? That's that Tom Jones. You're going to give us a rendition? <laughs> uh, what is the first line? Pass. Oh, something, do you know the way to oh, Amarillo? Oh, do you know the way to Amarillo? <laughs> Let's yeah, see if we can it. find it. Here's the real version on Coast Access Radio. Shalala, la, 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 la. 
when the day is dawning on a Texas Sunday morning how I long to be there with Marie who's waiting for me there every lonely city where I hang my hat ain't as half as pretty as where my There's a church bell ringing Hear the song of joy that it's singing For the sweet Maria And the guy who's coming to see her Just beyond the highway There's an open plain And it keeps me going Through the wind and rain Is this the way to Wrong Mile, working Radio Gale. I thought that was Tom Jones' song. But, but you're great. You know every song that's <laughs> right up till now, practically. But uh, but anyway, we've just had a little listen, and I love it. It's Tony Christie. I love it. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. Do you like eating upside-down tamarillos? That's what he's singing about. <laughs> oh, I don't know. You're on At the Table with Gale Coast Access Radio. That was Tony Christie. Yeah, don't listen to me. I know some music and not others. Gale knows about food, though. I do. Mm. And uh, we're looking at leek and salmon fettuccine with lemon crumb, and that appealed to me. And I'm going to lift up the illustration because, you know, it must be just about um, time for Tani to eat something very soon. Yeah, probably your recipe by the look of it. Oh, that looks lovely and fresh it and does. vibrant yeah, and healthy. It's, it's beautiful and healthy, and, um, and I like salmon and I like leeks, so this appeared to me and I love pasta. So here we go, 375 grams of fettuccine. 40 grams of butter chopped, two leeks trimmed and sliced, two garlic cloves sliced, 
one cup of white wine, so you're getting your alcohol in at the same time, three quarters of a cup of vegetable stock, a half a cup of frozen peas, and two by 200 grams of skinless salmon. Now, salmon is so accessible these days, you know, like, I mean, it's always there at the supermarket. If you find that you want to, um, you know, you don't want the whole piece of salmon, well, it's easy to flake anyway, but you can buy uh, the salmon flakes, you Mm. know. And uh, more often than not, um, from one week to another, some sort of salmon's on on special. So I just sort of think that this is absolutely ideal, and I, and I do love salmon like this. Now, the lemon crumb, I'll give you the recipe for that now. Very simple, 10 grams of butter, two-thirds of a cup of fresh breadcrumbs, which I really love doing. I love the fresh breadcrumbs. Quarter of a cup of finely chopped parsley and two teaspoons of lemon zest. Now, getting down to actually doing this dish, in a saucepan of salted boiling water, cook the pasta following the packet instructions, which is usually, you know, bring to the boil, uh, put your fettuccine in and boil it for about 10 minutes. But just look at the directions for that. Once that is cooked, drain and keep warm. Now, in a uh, heavy-based frying pan, melt butter uh, and saute the leek and garlic for three or four minutes until almost tender. Now add the wine, then simmer until the wine has almost evaporated. Now we know what that means, don't we? That you really, you know, you don't get to taste the wine too much because once it's evaporated, but it just adds a little bit of flavour. Stir in the stock and peas, then bring to a simmer. Place the salmon pieces on top of the leeks in the pan and season. Always just thinking about the seasoning, salt and pepper. Cook covered for four to five minutes in just a nice simmer um, until the salmon is just cooked through. Well, as far as I'm concerned, when you buy the salmon and the the packaging, if you're buying fresh salmon, of course, but it won't take much cooking Mm -hmm. because it's basically cooked until it's just cooked through. Now, the lemon crumb Uh, In a small frying pan, melt the butter on high, saute the breadcrumbs for two to three minutes until golden and toasted, and then cool, stir in the parsley and the zest, and also season that. Now, you can sort of like... um, you know, just flake that over the, you know, sort of spread that over the top with the salmon and toss it through the leek and salmon mixture and add pasta and gently just toss it through. So you're basically mixing it all together. Get a pair of tongs out so you're lifting, putting back, lifting, putting back instead of stirring really so that it's just melted through and um, it's just beautiful. Sprinkle with that lemon crumb. Lovely. Yum. Mm. Really, really nice. Actually, you could make those lemon crumbs and put them in a um, 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 Caesar salad. Well, you Something could. like that rather than croutons. Exactly. Mm. You could. You could use it in a salad. I love those ones that you get those little sprinkles over lettuce salads or any other salad. Yeah. Uh, really, really nice. So, yes, good good suggestion, Tanya, that, that you could do that. And you could make them in advance and actually stick them in a jar in the in the fridge, you know, for, for when you do. Lovely with a bit of crunch. Well, that's actually, yeah, we're sort of getting into those warmer months now, so leek and salmon fettuccine, nice and light for mm. these warmer nights. Yeah, I saw a recipe the other day, Tanya, when I was looking through the recipes, and I saw a lettuce and, I think, I can't, was lettuce and tomato soup or lettuce and something, and I thought, oh, oh that'd be a good, good one for, for the summer, but you actually heated it. 
Letters. Uh, letters. Yeah, it was it was quite unusual because when I saw it, I thought, oh, we've talked about having cold soups and stuff. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, no, I ignored it because he actually had to to heat it up, and I thought, no, we want something that's you know chilled. Mm, that's mm. interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah. The uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I won't put my vote in on that one. No. Yet. <laughs> now, when you sent this through as an email, and before we went on air, I said, can I just because I know you talk to your phone and you tell it the recipes and they email through, and I said, can I just confer with you or get you to concur that this is called an after pav cake? Yes, yes. Well, it's not, you know, when you eat the pav, you make this. Well, virtually, that's what it is because when you make a pav, and I use for um, eggs, whites, and then you've always got the yolks left over. And right. I know I've mentioned before, Tanya, in another session that we could use it for dressings or these other things, but this is actually called an afterpath cake. So you're using up all your four egg yolks mm-hmm. and not just having two and the others go hard and you're throwing them out in the end or something like that. Apparently they're good for, for um, coats for dogs or, um, or am I right for that if you gave them one egg yolk or something it's supposed to be very good for their for their coats you yeah, know yeah. Uh, I think I've heard that before same for cats you beat them up but um yeah but not on a regular like basis no, no no that right but anyway this is your after pav cake so that you're using those egg yolks and making this nice cake and I um Tanya can see the state of this cookbook and I have made this several times because I used to make pavlovas a lot back in the day. It's so well loved, that It cookbook. is well loved, <laughs> yeah. And this one's particularly had a um, a big black pen run round it because, you know, it was easy to find when I was looking to make this after pav cake. So we've got three quarters of a cup of butter, four egg yolks well beaten, two teaspoons of baking powder, Now, a half to three quarters of a cup of milk, one cup of sugar, one three quarters of a cup of flour, pinch of salt and flavouring. Now, the flavouring can be anything you like. You know, you could put a quarter of a cup of cocoa in there or something like that just to to change it because it's sort of basically if you put vanilla in it, it becomes a little bit like a Madeira cake Mm -hmm. and or if you put Almond essence, I always have been a fan for almond essence because it's got a lovely, you know, it's got a lovely smell and uh, it goes well in the cake or any other flavouring that you think might go with this. So we're creaming the butter and sugar, uh, add the yolks and beat together really, really well and then add your sifted dry ingredients, mixing in the milk as you go. So just so that you've got flour, milk, flour, milk. You know, sort of that type of thing. And then you just sort of, you don't have to stir it after each one. Just do flour, milk, flour, milk. And when you've used up your milk, well, half to three quarters of a cup. So just be careful. You don't want it too sloppy. And um, just mix it as you go and see, you know, when it's finished and see how you go. And then you're adding your flavoring, not forgetting to sift the cocoa into it because that sort of tends to get lumpy as well. And bake. And I've done this, Tanya, in actually a slice tin because it won't make a big cake, but mm-hmm. it makes a nice slice, especially it makes a cakey slice. Yep. And um, if you're putting the icing over the top of it, well, it's actually. It, it is. It's lovely. It's like a nice spongy cakey slice. So you're putting it in that sponge tin, baking it for 25 to 30 minutes at 180 degrees. So basically, it's a very, very good way to use it up and you're getting something in your tins as well. I wonder if you could put the milk icing on top. You could. 
Because you say jelly crystals there as oh, well. Oh, that's right. I did. Yes, that's mm. right. You could sieve jelly crystals over if you've, you know, if you've got an open jelly or just open up a jelly. Make sure you seal it properly when you finish because it'll just go hard. But that's that's another thing. Good thinking. I knew there was a reason why I might have put in those icing variations, oh, actually. Look, I've been listening. You have? <laughs> <laughs> no, that is a good idea. And use one of those. And um, you've got you've got a lovely morning tea spread or something in the tins um, because of the hungry children at the moment, oh, you know, yeah. for lunches and things like that. Yeah. Actually, one that you can hang on to for around the next lot of school holiday, well, I think the next lot of school holidays, mm. after Christmas, because everyone makes pavs at Christmas, mm. and then two days after the pavs disappeared, get those egg yolks out and... That's right. Make your cake. Exactly. And I think I saw a lot of little things for sort of like maybe Halloween if people celebrate that. I don't know. But it's a bit difficult to sort of like I saw the illustrations and they're just great ideas what you can do if we think that we can get it across to you. They're just fun things to make for for, you know, kids to eat or something when you have the, the little ones coming around or something and you can get them one of these biscuits. But there's mummies and there's spiders and all oh, sorts cool. of things. Yeah. And I looked at them quite seriously and I thought, oh, it might take up a half a session just explaining. But but there you are. It's coming up. Maybe you could get some pictures on your flash phone in Otaki and email them to me and I could get them on the Facebook page. Great. And then they'll yeah. see, actually, yeah. more or less what you can do. Yeah. yeah, Great idea. Do that, Tanya. Next job. I will. And actually, while you're listening, go to our Facebook page right now, Coast Access Radio, and like us while you're there and you'll get the recipes that Gail's just told you about. You can have an after-pav cake yourself. <laughs> thought it was a spelling mistake. <laughs> That's Crikey. right. Pass the recipe on because I'm sure people will definitely – get a lot of use out of that recipe. Well, I'm definitely here kind now, hungry. Thank you, Gail. And Thank you. You can always catch Gail here every Saturday morning at 11.30am and the show is repeated the following Tuesday at 4.30pm or listen anytime you like. Her podcast is on coastaccessradio.org.nz. Ka kite, Gail. Ka kite.
This program is made with assistance from New Zealand on air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand on air.